Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is the Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. Uh, My name is Steve. I'm one of the pastors here, and I have the honor and the privilege to be here teaching uh, what God has been teaching me in this past season, and I'm honored and I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, I want you to know that that I don't normally do this. I'm not used to this. I don't know if I want to ever get used to this, but but I'm grateful. I'm grateful uh, Pastor Eric has trusted me enough to be able to share with you this morning, and um, I want you to know that your pastor loves you. He loves you very much. He cares about you. He's always praying and seeing how we can uh, be equipped to love people, to love God better. And, um, and so, Eric, thank you. I love you, and I hope you're getting the rest and the relaxation that you deserve. Um, if, you, if you guys love your pastor, go ahead and just show some love for him. Make some noise in the room. I know that he'll appreciate that. If you're in the chat, throw it, throw it in there. We love you, Pastor Eric. We're grateful for you. Um, thank you, guys. That means a lot to him. It means a lot to me. Um, I wanted to share a little bit of my story with you this morning um, before we jump in and we study, but, but I want to also ask you to lean in as I share my story, because um, not because I've got it all figured out or that, that I, I've perfected life, which is not the case at all, but because I've been walking through something this past season that I believe that each of us as Christians um, or even as people will walk through or have walked through or... Um, Um, are walking through in this moment. But I hope that my story um, will encourage you to keep moving forward, to keep pressing on. I hope that my story will also maybe potentially warn you, warn you to, to adjust some of, some of the decisions that you're making, the, some of the decisions that I made. Um, and I hope that it would free you to bring you hope um, for the future, the hope in Christ that we have um, from what we've been holding on to. But as we spend our time together, I wanna also encourage you to lean in and to engage. If I say something that you believe in or that you agree with, go ahead and shout it out, amen. Can we try that, amen? All right, or just tell me, yes, continue, say that, preach that, whatever it is. If you're on the chat and you agree, go ahead and put that in the comments. Um, let us know that you're, that you're, you're receiving this, but also um, if you have a complaint or you don't agree with something I said, go ahead and email Pastor Johnny. He'll take care of that, and it'll, it'll be great. Uh, he loves doing that, but... I've, uh, my story starts in high school today. Um, I've had the privilege to be in ministry since then, um, to be in ministry for over 12 years with Pastor Eric, hand in hand, leading. Um, But 12 years ago, he took a chance on a punk high school kid from Flanagan High School. Um, Yeah, Flanagan, woo! Um, Oh man, I got a story, you're gonna love it. Uh, We went to high school together. Um, But a punk kid from high school, um, a kid who played a little bit of guitar, who, who sang just a little bit, um, who played a whole lot of soccer and thought way too highly of himself. Um, but Pastor Eric took time to invest. He took time, talent, treasure, testimony to invest in me. And I can confidently say that I'm up here because of his investment, because of his obedience to God and in, in leading me and guiding me. But um, but I'm grateful for that. But, but those years were pivotal for me. Um, all my life, I grew, I grew up playing a sport. 
that, that I love. And um, that sport is soccer. And it's not just because it was a cool sport, um, but in my country, in my parents' country, in my family, soccer is everything. Soccer is not just a thing you do to pass the time or to get your athletics in. Soccer is life. Soccer is not yesterday's game, today's activity, tomorrow's, you know, uh, play time. It's, it's everything. It's for all time, always. It's, it's something that we lived, we breathed, because my, I need you to know that my family is from Argentina. And and so, and if you, some of you are nodding your head, yes, you agree, because Argentina, in Argentina, soccer is everything. Um, something that you might know about soccer is that Argentina has one of the best teams of all time, and actually, we just won Copa America, and we are reigning champs. And so, yeah, okay, great, thank you. All right, awesome. If there are any Brazilians in the room, I'm so sorry. Um, but... We just won, and Italian, Italy just won the Euros too. That's awesome. And so, but Argentina is my team. This is my squad. Um, we spent 28 years fighting for another victory in the international tournaments. Um, and so last week, we won the Copa America. Lionel Messi, the best player the world has ever seen is Argentinian. So I need you guys to understand, in Argentina, soccer is everything. It's life. But this is my family. We got to celebrate celebrate last week this victory as a family, and we're so excited. This is uh, my daughter and my son, and what's really cool is that it's been 28 years since Argentina's won, so what that means is that I was Levi's age, my son, the last time that my father saw a, champ a champion Argentina team, and so it was really special for us. Um, but I say all this for you guys to understand that this isn't something that is just part of our family. This is our family. Um, Soccer is everything. And so for me, as I grew up, and we can take that picture down, as I grew up, um, they're awesome though. Um, as I grew up, soccer was everything. That's my main focus. I was pursuing everything I did growing up, was pursuing the dream of being on that stage and raising a trophy um, for Argentina or for the United States or whatever it was, just to play soccer and to live my life playing soccer because that was the only thing that consumed me. And so I had a decision to make in high school of whether to continue this um, or to pursue a calling in ministry. At this point, I was um, involved in church. I was playing soccer, but I was involved in church as well. I had multiple people in my life tell me, hey, you know, if soccer doesn't work out, you know, ministry could be something that you, you could do. Um, you, you're talented in this, but you also have a heart for people and all that stuff. And so I kept like, like entertaining the idea, but you know, um, every time I would pray about it, God would be like, yes, you should. And I'd be like, no, I don't really want to uh, because something inside of me kept pursuing this, this dream that I had as a kid growing up playing soccer and, and making it big. And, and, and it's almost like I had something to prove to myself, to my inner child, to my family, to my homeland. Um, but one day I looked down at my class ring when I was in SAT prep class, which was not a great class for me. I, I did horrible in that. But um, I looked down at my ring and I had engraved on it, my class ring, it said Hebrews 12, which is the verse that we read earlier. And the reason I had engraved it on there was, um, I actually took it out of context, but I, I engraved it because I wanted to run the race with endurance. I wanted to keep pressing in and, and keep going and not give up on my dream to play soccer. And, and that was like all that I thought about. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna do that. But then in a moment, God said, hey, why don't you look at that verse again? 
and realize um, before that, it says, let us strip off everything that hinders us. And then in my spirit, God said, I need you to give this up. You've done this long enough. You've carried this dream long enough and you're good, but you need to let this go and follow me and, and dedicate my life, um, dedicate your life to my ministry. And immediately, I, I knew that I was here for the Lord, but immediately my, 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 myself went, no, I don't want to. I got too much riding on this. This has been years and years and years of buildup to this moment, and I don't want to. I've done things. I've done things. I need y'all to understand that soccer is a very competitive sport, just like any other sport, but, but athletes in the room, you understand that when you are trying to compete, when you're trying to stand out, when you're trying to be a professional athlete, you have to do some things that make you stand out. Winning is one of them, but you know, when, when scouts look at you, you need to stand out. And so I did anything possible to stand out. I did anything possible to be a winner. I, so my position when I played, um, let me elaborate because some of y'all might understand how intense it is. I played defense. And so my job was to do anything within the confines of the rules to keep the person from scoring. And so what I did was I did everything within the confines of the rules plus anything that the ref couldn't see to keep people from scoring, which means I talked trash the entire time trying to get people in people's minds in their in their head trying to take them off their game I would physically hurt people to make sure that every the next time they came at me I would they would know I'm gonna I'm get them um, I did things that I wasn't proud of I said things that I wasn't proud of sidebar it is very hard to honor God and be this competitive some of you guys have figured it out. I still forget when I play pickup with my boys. Like, I'll forget sometimes. Um, so you, some of you guys have figured it out, and you're better than me. But I would always push those boundaries. I would always push those boundaries in high school. And, and the, the crazy thing that, that, that is part of this and is part of my, my, my story is that as I was doing this, as I was trying to make it big in high school, was I was also leading a first priority group in my high school, which is I was telling people about Jesus and telling them to live in, with integrity and telling them to surrender everything they had to God. And then I would turn around and go to practice and be a completely different person. I was living a double life in this. And it didn't hit me until one of my teammates actually asked me, hey, don't you go to church? Don't you lead that church group at school? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know what I did or what I said for them to trigger that question, but I'm sure it was not pretty. And so then one day as I was um, sitting in class, I was reflecting on that. And then I started to feel some guilt. I started to feel some shame. Um, you know, you know when, you, when, you like, when you're driving and you remember something that you did that wasn't great and you're like, oh, I wish I could take that back or, oh, I, I shouldn't have done that. I started to... to to, to, to think about that and sit on that. And then one day, God said, I need you to let this go. I need you to focus on me. I need you to keep your eyes on me. I need you to be real with me and real with the people that you interact with every day about who you are and who I've called you to be. So then one day 
in that year, the best season in high school that I had, the best season on my club team, on my travel team that I had, I came before the Lord and I did that. And I said, God, I'm gonna give this up to you. And in that moment, he transformed me. He removed my shame, he removed my guilt, and it felt freeing because I was like living this double life. Now I, I was living in one path and he made it clear that pursuing this dream was hindering me from what God had called me to. But I had to make that decision with intentionality. It wasn't that I wasn't asked to play anymore. It wasn't that I got cut from the team. It wasn't that I wasn't good enough. It wasn't that, that I didn't want it hard enough. But I just gave it up because he was asking me to. And it was the best decision I ever, ever made. Being in the will of God was the best decision that I ever made personally. And little did I know that Hebrews 12 would trigger that, that in my life, but also come back to me this year in teaching me and growing me in my life, in my progression with the Lord. But we're gonna get to that later. But some of you have felt what I felt this before. Some of you can attest how difficult it is to hear from God and what he's asking you to do that's difficult to let go of or release and you say, God, I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm gonna hold on to it. I don't wanna let it go. I don't wanna release it. And so I feel like today with my story, with what God is doing in this church, with God, what God is doing in the world, um, the, story, the message that I have for you today is titled, Give It Up. Give it up. It's so important for us to hone this in as Christians, as believers, as followers of Jesus. And this is why. Let's, let's study today in Hebrews 12, 1. It says this, and we read it. We're gonna read it again. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. It'd be no surprise today that if I asked each of you to be honest with yourselves, there are some things that each of us have to give up. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's a, an identity or a thought that, that the world has placed on you that you are carrying, that you are holding on to. Maybe it's uh, a, a genuine hurt and a pain and a trauma that, God, that somebody has put on you because they, they're, they're broken and they're hurting. Um, maybe it's hopes and dreams that you've have a, had as a child that God never said okay to, but that you're holding on to and that you're pressing into, kind of like my story. But what is it for you? What is it for you this morning? Maybe it can be something small, but each of us as humans, the Bible says that there are things that we need to let go of. And in Colossians 3, 5, it says this, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Verse eight also says this, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. I don't know if it's one of these things for you, but I can tell you that each of these things keep us from living in the pace that God has called us all to. I don't know your specific story. I don't know what you've gone through. Some of you have gone through deep hurt, pain, and trauma that is real, that I can't just stand up and say, hey, just forget about it because that's not how it works and that's not the process. But what I can tell you is that the world is broken, that sin causes hurt and hurt people will always hurt people. 
And so I'm sorry that that happened to you and I'm sorry that, and I know that you don't deserve that. But today God is asking us to come before him and to release the pain, to release the hurt, to release the shame, to release the guilt, anything that is hindering us. Because his word is clear that when we come before him, he brings healing. When we come before him, he brings rest, he brings peace. And I believe that he wants to break chains that have paralyzed us, that have paralyzed our lives because we've been listening to the lies of this world, listening to our sinful nature, and we've picked up baggage in life that we've held on to. So today, he wants to bring you freedom. He wants to bring you hope. But our part, and we have a part to play in this, is to give it up. But even today, as God is saying that I wanna bring you hope, I wanna bring you freedom, I want you to run with endurance, we don't give it up, we don't give whatever it is up because sometimes we have made it seem like it's protecting us. When someone wrongs us, we put up walls against people and saying, I'm never gonna get close to that person again. So that wall is, becomes a protection. Or when somebody, someone in church hurts us and we put up a wall, you know what, church people, I'm not gonna do that again. That's not, that's not my vibe anymore. Or, or you know what? Like I, got I, I shared my heart. I was genuine with you. I thought you were with me. I thought you loved me, but you didn't and you hurt me. So I'm gonna put up another wall. And so all of these things we've been holding on to that we think are protecting us actually in the end become a barrier, become things that trap us. And the enemy wants nothing more for us to walk in life with these barriers to be trapped to be, in cage, to be caged in. But we, we have to realize this morning that we have to give it up, whether we have to let things go. We were never designed to carry all of the baggage. We were never designed to carry all of the weight that life throws at us every single day. And so we, as people, have to decide to let things go, to give it up to him. And so my first point this morning, um, you can follow along on the app that we have. You can take notes. If you're online, go ahead and follow along and write that down. But giving it up is God's desire, but it has to be our decision. Giving things up has to be our decision because it won't come naturally. It won't just fade away. It, 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 we have to be intentional to let things go, to forgive others, to forgive ourselves, to have grace with others, to have grace with ourselves, to adjust our thinking, to adjust our perspective on situations. But today you might be looking at me and you're saying, Steve, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. Um, I'm surprised that I'm even in this room today. I'm surprised that I'm not on fire today. Um, because of what I've done in my past. Well, I wanna encourage you. If you're new here or you've been coming here for a little while, we're trying to change that assumption. We're trying to change that. That society has taught us that the second that we get vulnerable, the second that we look at our issues, then we become outcasts or we, be, we isolate. The notion that as long as we keep it together, everything's gonna be fine, everything's gonna be work itself out. Friends, familia, we believe that this is the perfect place to bring your mess. This is the perfect place to bring your hurt, the perfect place to bring your pain, to bring your doubts, to bring your fears. For far too long, the world has seen the church as a place of judgment, as a place of perfectionism, as a place of hate. And we're trying to change that here. We're trying to change that with our values. And one of the values that we have here is called hope happens here. 
And what it means is that I can be all God wants me to be, no matter who I used to be. Second Peter 3.18 says this, but grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and, Jesus, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. The way that we become who God says that we are, no matter who we were, is to grow in grace and knowledge. We invest time in reading the Bible. We invest time in applying the difficult lessons that we learn in the Bible like today. We make habits of it. And in all of this, one of the first things that we need to do as we grow in this grace is to give it up. Give up the things that have, keepin, have been keeping us from growing, from moving forward in our relationship with the Lord, things that have been piling shame and guilt and fear and doubt in our lives. I wanna give you an example. Paul is one of the best examples that I can think of because he wrote most of the Bible. But if you know about his history is that he was a Christian killer. He went out and persecuted Christians. And then one day God had an encounter, had an, he had an encounter with God and said, you need to stop what you're doing. You need to follow me and dedicate your life to me. And Paul is one of the best examples because he had to decide every single day to give up his past, to give up his hurt, to give up the pain, to give up the shame that he felt every single day. And even after doing so, 2 Corinthians, I love it because it's not that when Paul had that encounter, everything was perfect from there. 2 Corinthians, as he writes, he tells us that he still continued to struggle with things in his life. It says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I hope that this brings you perspective. I hope that this brings you hope this morning, that his power is perfect in our weakness. This means that even though we're imperfect, even though we make, we make mistakes, that when we bring our vulnerability, when we bring our brokenness, when we bring our surrender to God, his power is shown. His work is done. And in that truth and in that confidence, we live our lives. And so I want us to understand this value and this point this morning that what you think you're holding together is actually holding you back. Our human nature tells us that if we keep it all together, if we don't let anybody know what's going on with us, if as long as we put on a spiritual or emotional mask, everything will be okay. That one day things will be forgotten, that one day uh, th things will be healed, that time heal all wounds. But that's a lie. This morning, I wanna tell you that's a lie from the enemy to keep you trapped in your mess, to keep you trapped in your past. But what happens when your pain is legitimate? What happens when you're saying, Steve, I, what I went through is real and is, it hurts and it, and it hurts to let go and, and, and people hurt me and they, they shouldn't have hurt me. And, and, and I wanna say, yes, I get it. You have a right to be upset. You have a right to hold anger and bitterness. You have a right to not trust people. But with God, it's different. And so my question is, is it worth it? Is it worth continuing to hold on? With God, is it worth holding on? Paul asks himself this question every single day. 
Is it worth remembering my past and remembering all the bad that I did that would bring shame and guilt? Remember, he killed Christians. And then now he's, he's going out and preaching about God. But he decides not to relive his past, not to continue in his past, but he presses on. In Philippians 3, 12, he says this, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on. Say, press on. I press on. For some of you who are at the end of your rope, that we need to press on. For some of you who are exhausted and tired of struggling, of striving, we press on. And Paul gives us a way to press on. It says, to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus has first possessed me, that we're not gonna stay bound here in our shame and our bitterness and our rage and our hate, but it says, no, dear brothers, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. And what's his focus? It's forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. What I wanna encourage you with is that forgetting requires attention. It re requires focus. It doesn't just happen naturally. Forgiving others, forgiving yourself, giving grace for others, giving grace for yourself has to happen intentionally. So my question is, what are you focusing on? Are you avoiding the tough conversations? Are you uh, distracting yourself with anything that comes your way? Are you wrapped up in so much in what happened to you that you're not looking forward to what God wants for you and wants to do through you? It's important to press on. But why is it important? It says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. This isn't about salvation. This is about running that race with perseverance in the fullness of joy and hope and peace that he's called us to. And so another point that I want to make clear is that the process of forgetting, which is so important, it was so crucial for Paul, starts at fixing your focus. We all know that last year was a difficult year where our focus was all over the place. Um, our focus started to go on the, the social injustices of this world. Our focus started going on homeschooling and, and adjusting our day-to-day, our, 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 -day, our rhythms. Um, our focus started to go into the pain that, that the world was in. And, and I had to learn this lesson. I had to learn this lesson to fix my focus um, this year more than any year. And so... I wanna share a story with you. I wanna share my heart, my life, and be vulnerable with you if you allow me to through this illustration. But the world last year was on fire with the social injustice that we were seeing with, with the, the church being shut down. We weren't sure um, what was happening. We didn't have the answers to everything. And me being in ministry for the last 12 years, I'd never seen something like this. And so when people started looking at to me for answers, I didn't know what to say. And some, whatever I would say, sometimes people would be offended because in this day and age, everything is offensive, right? But I didn't know what to say. And so what I ended up doing was just keeping my mouth shut. I didn't have all the answers. So I kept my mouth shut and I just carried. I carried what I thought. I carried what I was concerned about. And then... 
people started criticizing our church. People started criticizing our ministry. People started criticizing our approach. People started criticizing me and my, uh, my leadership and my ability to, to do what I did. And in the moment, it messed me up. I got upset. My pride started to be affected. He's like, wait, I've been doing this for a while. We're just online now. What are you talking about? What, how is this so different? And, and my pride started to set in, but, but instead of processing through it and going to the Lord or going to people to it, I just kept my mouth shut and I held on to it and I carried it. Then my dad got word um, that, he was, that he was diagnosed with cancer. And... It was minimal, um, but it's still cancer, and it's still concerning. Um, my mom had, had gone through cancer when I was in high school, and she, she fought it, and she, and she beat it. But all of those memories of, of going through it started flooding my mind, and I didn't want my dad to go through it. Um, and so I carried it, even though we didn't know what the, the outcome was, and it seemed like it was minimal, but my mind started going to a dark place, and, and I carried it. And then my, my beautiful son, Levi, was born, and, and he never slept well from day one. And so ultimately, after five months of this, of not, not being able to sleep more than three hours at a time, my mental health started taking a toll because I wasn't resting, and my mom was tired, and I wasn't processing things well. And knowing that my mental health was taking a, a hit, and then my wife's mental health was taking a hit, I, I didn't know what to do. And the only thing I could do in that moment was to carry it. And so I carried it. And then what seemed like almost every single relationship that I had, all of the friends that I cared about, um, because of COVID, because of the isolation, because of the struggle that we were all facing, a lot of the people in my life were struggling mentally and looking to me for answers. And I didn't know what to do. Um, because as you can see, I got a whole lot of baggage and I got a whole lot of things and my hands were tied. And so every time I'd open my mouth and then say, oh, like, just trust Jesus. I realized that I, I wasn't living that life. I wasn't believing it. And so I carried it. And a lot of times I kept it to myself and I just said, I'm sorry. And then a crippling anxiety started coming over me as I saw that my friends were hurting, as I saw that the world was on fire, as I saw that I didn't know what to do or how to handle it, I felt like I had an enemy in my ear telling me, you're not good enough. You're not a pastor. You can barely fix yourself. You can barely help yourself. Your friends are hurting because you're not a good leader. And little by little, I knew these things were lies, but they started to become real. I knew that they were lies in the moment that I'd hear them, but the more that I carried it, the more that I held on to it, the more that I, that I kept it to myself, the more I got comfortable just carrying it and saying, I got this, it's fine, don't worry about it. The more I got comfortable with just like 
going, going through the motions and, 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 and I did, it wasn't that I got stronger, it's just, I got numb. And then I'd come here every Sunday and I'd lead you, you guys in worship and saying there's a victory, the battle belongs to the Lord, come and trust them that there's hope in him. And I carried even more of it and that became shame because I wasn't living the life that I was preaching or saying. And I got to the point where I just, I wanted to give up. I wanted to give up, I wanted to stop doing this because I wasn't believing what I was saying, I wasn't living what I was saying. And then one day, as I was reading God's word, um, God shared me this verse. And it says this, Hebrews 12, one. I'm gonna read it again. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. At the moment, I wasn't running. I realized that I was crawling, barely. And here's God's word saying that we need to run with perseverance. And I was like, God, I used to do this. I don't know what happened. And he reminded me, you're carrying all this shame and this guilt that you shouldn't be carrying. And in that moment, I had a choice. I had a choice to, to say, God, I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to commit to giving this to you. I'm going to commit to this process. I know it's not going to be tomorrow that I'm good, but I'm going to commit. Or I'll remain in my bondage and just keep powering it out and potentially quit or do something else, whatever. But in that moment, I chose to fix my focus on Jesus. In that moment, I realized that I had to stop carrying everything. And in that moment, I started my journey to heal. I surrounded myself with a great crowd of witnesses, with friends, with professionals, with people that spoke to me and, and spoke truth to me, um, people that loved me, that cared for me, that heard me, that told me it was okay not to be okay. But it was, it was not okay to stay that way and to continue to carry everything I was carrying. People who pointed me to Jesus, reminded me of the truth of his word, reminded me of my identity in him. They did what verse two says, which says this. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross I reminded myself, reminded my soul, reminded my spirit that he endured the cross. The cross that was supposed to condemn him, the cross that brought pain to him that he didn't deserve, but that cross was for me. That all of my sin, all of my shame, all of my guilt was nailed to that cross. And when I started to realize that and remember that, I started to release, I was able to release. And then I continue to read and continue to study God's word. And, and it says, disregarding its shame. He disregarded the shame, the shame that had piled on for me. I realized it wasn't me to, for me to carry anymore. 
I started to, to remember and flood myself with Romans, the book of Romans that, that talks about my identity, that I am loved, that I'm cared for, that I'm chosen, that I'm forgiven, that I'm enough because he's enough, that I'm an heir of Christ. And that brought me freedom. And I started to release. And then I remembered that my Jesus is a Jesus of victory that he's seated in the place of honor besides, beside God's throne. That as we sang this morning, that victory that he has, he gives to us. And that's a promise. That's not just a hope or a dream. So I reminded myself of that. And so I started to release. And as I fixed my focus, as I fixed my attention to the truth instead of how I felt in that moment, I started to have freedom. I started to release and found victory in that. And so my, my last point today as the team comes out is to keep your eyes on Jesus. The old hymn says, turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When we release our baggage, when we give it up to Jesus and we fix our focus on him, then we have the ability to run with perseverance. I don't want you to miss that this morning. Each of us have been called to run with perseverance with the Lord. But there are hindrances, there are things that are tripping us up that we need to decide to let go of this morning. For those of you who are at the end of your rope, who are tired of being a Christian or even tired of being on this world. You need to listen and lean into this today. He wants you to let it go. He wants you to give it up. He can take it. He can handle it. He wants you to grow in that peace because not only you need it, but the world needs it. The world needs Christians to live and run with endurance, to live in the peace that's promised, to live in the joy that he's given us, to live in the purpose that he has called us to. And I believe that each of us can be used to do that in a mighty way. Thank you for listening to the Local Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching The Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode. And remember, you matter to God and you matter to us.